So how does the average listener who's listening to this podcast episode start off being an influencer? Is that something someone who's just starting off can do? Or is this something that takes years to get to become an influencer? It takes time to earn. So people say, well, I've got 10 tweets or I've got a thousand <laughs> followers. I'm, I'm an influencer. Now you've got to earn it. Hi, this is Joe Polizzi with the Content Marketing Institute, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com. Thanks for tuning in to part two of this two-part series with Jeff Bullis. If you haven't heard part one of this two-part series on how to maximize your ROI or your return on investment when it comes to social media, then definitely go back and check out that first part. Just head over to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 109. In part one of this two-part series, we talked about the two key metrics that really matter in the end when it comes to social media, how content should educate, entertain, inspire, and inform. We talked about Jeff's Chicago moment, and we talked about how to measure ROI and the key metrics around that. In this part, the second part of this two-part series, we talk about Facebook and how it's become the biggest player in the social media space. We talked about long tail keywords, how you can become an influencer in the market. We talk about email list building, the do's and don'ts of social media marketing, Coca-Cola 70-20-10 rule in terms of marketing, and lots more. If you like this episode, there's a whole bunch of related episodes that you would find useful. Check out episode 12 with Dan Norris, where we talk about content marketing for startups. Episode 15 with Mike Rhodes, where we talk about Google AdWords. Episode 41 with Eric Enger. We actually talk about that in this episode. The episode's actually about mobile get-in, but Eric shares some really good ideas around how to create content that is highly shareable. Episode 38 with Rand Fishkin is also an excellent one where we talk about how to create shareable content. Episode 46 with Kim Gast, the founder of Boom Social. She's really big on Twitter. And episodes 107 and 108 with Sonia Simone from Copyblogger, where she talks about how to create great quality content. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high-value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. Thanks for listening, and here's Jeff Bullis in part two of this two-part series on social media and how to maximize your return on investment or your ROI. Enjoy. Per lead acquisition, and then you're looking at how many of those leads turn into customers and that gives you your cost per customer acquisition and then the lifetime revenue of the customer that you get from having acquired that customer is the other metric. So the two ones that really matter in the end are your cost per customer acquisition and your lifetime value per customer. Yes, right. The other thing you got to keep in mind is that if you're paying for traffic, you need to be able to measure it. Hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't do. I would be really fascinated to know the metrics behind Facebook's boost this post. Hmm. Like I wouldn't mind betting that 50% of people are just wasting this boost, this post, because it doesn't go back to a landing page. Hmm. It just gives a blog post more attention. And Facebook must be making a fortune out of what I call dumb marketing, <laughs> right? And the reality is if you're going to pay for traffic, let's say you do it on Facebook, it goes back to a landing page, then you can see how many people click through on that link. Then you can measure how many people have actually basically downloaded, let's say it's a free ebook. That's They have to give away their email for that then you actually can see, okay, how many on my email list actually are buying every month, every week, every day. So don't, you know, don't pay for traffic from Facebook unless you can measure mm. it because you might be spending 
$100 on Facebook every day to do a promotion huh. and you might only be making $50. Well, you know, that's a waste of money. Huh. <laughs> you know, so, so that's the reality is that as we move into paid social as the primary way of getting reach is being able to measure your results. Do you use pop-ups for lead capture? Absolutely. I implemented uh, a great one called Sumo Me. At, yes. About in February this year. And yeah, like a lot of us, I said, well, they're annoying, so I shouldn't really use them. My books, I'm too cool. My blog's too cool. I, you know, I'm a writer, right? Rather, I'm a writer, so you know, writers don't annoy people. Well, yeah. if you're going to make money, you've still got to slightly annoy people. Yeah. And if you're offering something of value, great, and that's what you should be doing. Hmm. So since then, I've actually acquired just using the welcome mat pop up from Sumo Me, I've generated fifty thousand email subscribers wow. just on that tactic alone. And then I use exit on intent pop-ups from Optin Monster. I'm looking at another app for maybe getting doing that better. I use banners at the top right. I also use banners down the bottom. And also I roll out uh, calls to action and landing pages through my social channels as well from Instagram. In fact, my Instagram profile even has a call to action in it because it's the only clickable link on Instagram hmm. is the link you have on your profile. That actually is a call to action where I – and I've captured two or 300 emails just from doing that singular tactic. So the journey for me is not so much about just raw traffic anymore, attention, engagement, and building a following on social. It's about getting a return, and that's about – it's about optimization. So hmm. I'm big into optimization, and you know, like Neil Patel and the boys at Kissmetrics, it's basically measuring and seeing what works and what doesn't. And hmm. you'll be really surprised sometimes how – an idea you thought was really going to work well doesn't. Hmm. So we've really moved into the art and science of marketing now. Yes. Because everything is so measurable. And marketing automation platforms are moving to the mainstream as the, uh, the competition heats up and a lot more platforms that are cost-effective for small business are emerging. I really like Thrive Leads. I don't know if you've tried them, but they're really good for, you know, exit intent pop-ups and, uh, you know, uh, light boxes and stuff. It's quite a holistic solution. I have used yep. Optin Monster and it didn't work for me. Yep. And yeah, I really like Thrive Lead. So I've been playing with that quite a lot. Okay, let's talk about the do's and don'ts of social media marketing. Clearly, one of the don'ts is don't get sucked into the black hole of social media. Don't get into the trap of just doing what everybody else is doing like sheep and just going and advertising or trying to promote your blog post on social media without understanding what impact it is having and whether that money you're spending on boosting posts, et cetera, is really delivering results to you. So basically just approach it like you would any other business idea. Any other big mistakes people are making in social media? Well, I sort of mentioned the main ones. Uh, I think spending too much time on chasing the white rabbit down the rabbit hole, that doesn't mm -hmm. really produce a result. I think you should be experimenting with social and testing see if it works. So Coca-Cola, in terms of their marketing, have a 70-20-10 rule. 70% okay. they do what works. 20 is sort of like a little bit out there, and 10% is really sort of wacky ideas that they see if, if they work. So I think you've got to be really experimenting with social and be willing to try different things out. And I've done a lot of that over the years. I'm experimenting more with Instagram. I think you've got to be really, really aware of the metrics behind the engagement that the social channels do. So I keep a really close eye on the metrics of Twitter. 
And over the last month, it looks like Twitter's really wound back its organic reach, and I was expecting that to happen. Okay. It was one of the last sort of channels that really drove a lot of traffic. About 20% of my traffic is social-driven, but it's dropped to about 15% you know, and falling uh, because Twitter appears to have changed its algorithm so it's not giving visibility to organic tweets as much. So they're focusing more on paid, are they? Of course, because they're just not making enough money. In fact, Twitter yeah. is still losing money. Yeah. So, you know, they've, I've been looking for research on it and seeing how many other people are being affected by it. There doesn't seem to be much online noise about it. But since middle of September, Twitter's been playing with its algorithm. Ooh. So I don't know whether it's a temporary thing, but I'm thinking it's more a long-term thing. So I'm moving on. I think as a marketer, you've got to be much more holistic about what you're doing. It's not – a lot of people just go social media marketing, that's the golden goose. It's only part of the answer. And the other ones you're going to need to be looking at, which are really important, is building your email list that I've already mentioned. The other one that is still got a lot of oomph in it, but it takes time, is you know, search engine optimization. So I'm in the middle of an SEO project at the moment mm-hmm. to um, boost organic search engine results. And the challenge with that is – you need to earn it. So building authority with Google take, literally takes years. Mm. So, But once you've built that authority as a site that's got a lot of inbound links, is then to be more strategic about you actually get where you get tra- – what keywords you're getting traffic from. Mm. So I'm in the middle of a major project at the moment uh, to do that. And because nearly 60% of my traffic now comes from search engines. Okay. So that's – and I want to boost that even further. And is that for your name, uh, the search engine traffic? Is that people looking for Jeff Bullers or what's the keywords they look for? No, no one knows about Jeff Bullers. They just know about things, the pain points, like how to get more traffic. So people are typing in a lot more long-tail keywords. Mm -hmm. They're looking for answers to their questions. So they want to know, is this tool any good? So it might be, let's say, Hootsuite review. So they'll type in Hootsuite review and up will come reviews. Because they're about to maybe buy a social media management tool. It might be Agora Pulse. Uh, so the reality is that you've got to be looking at long-term keywords. Actually, people are at maybe getting towards the end of the buying journey. Oh, yes. And they're ready to actually maybe buy something from you or from maybe an affiliate partner that you have. So organic search engine optimization is really important, and you've got to be very strategic about it. So social's great, but keep perspective on it. I believe a lot of social media marketers and content marketers don't understand the landscape, the ecosystem that is digital marketing. And that's important to understand. You don't, it doesn't mean you need to understand technically how to do it, mm. but you do need to understand strategically how the pieces sort of work together at mm. a high level. And then go and hire the resources and people and companies you need to help you do the technical aspects. I'm not a programmer, mm. you know. So if I have an issue on my site, I'll ring Cody and go, Cody, can you fix that? Or, or I say, when fix this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, have a, I have a marketing automation guru who looks after that. And I'm going, okay, here's the swipe copy loaded up. Let's run the campaign. And mm-hmm. here's some ideas. And he'll load it all up for me. So as marketing has become incredibly splintered and the art and science has become much more complicated, the reality is that you need to really get some good people behind you and to help you get the results that you want as a business. Agreed. And I think it's a great point you made about having an understanding of how the various cogs fit into the wheel and not just getting obsessed with one aspect like social media. For instance, it is important to create good quality, actionable, transformative content 
when you're trying to promote it on social media because there's absolutely no point creating rubbish content putting on social media because you're just going to add to the noise and you're actually going to hurt your brand. Yep. I totally agree. And I think that building your email list is important. It's also important to understand that SEO is changing. A few years ago, SEO, large part of it was link building and links still do matter. But it's more about shareability of content. And Google is changing the algorithms all the time. They're looking at content that is shared more because people were trying to game the whole backlinking process. So they've gone, okay, now we're going to reduce the value of backlinks in our ranking algorithms. And we're going to say the stuff that people really like is stuff that people really share because ultimately they want to deliver a spectacular search experience. And that's what Eric Enger, the founder of Stone Temple Consulting, explained very beautifully. So he said, you know, think from Google's point of view, think of what they're trying to deliver. They want to deliver a spectacular experience to the people who are consuming or using their platform. And so you need to arrive at the top of the search results. And the only way you're going to get there is by creating content that people have voted for. And today they're voting for it by sharing it. That's right. Yeah. So it's another signal. And uh, Google's getting much more sophisticated in the signals it's measuring to deliver that user experience, which is their mantra for the search engine. I have to also mention that a friend of mine, Kerwin Ray, shared this 60 minutes little snippet on Facebook. It's a 12 minute thing about how these new social media kids are arriving on the horizon, as it were, and just completely blowing things up. You know, they're 21 year old kid who does all these ridiculous things but he's got a lot of attention there's about three or four of them and these big brands are paying them money to just wear certain t-shirts like i'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars because they got so many followers so the world as you said earlier is changing the landscape is changing the goalposts are changing the person who who earns and then owns the most attention the most eyeballs is the one who's winning yep absolutely so it's, you know, the whole influencer marketing is just exploded in the last 12 to 18 months. And if you actually type the term influencer into Google's trends site, it's actually defined as a breakout trend. In other words, it's 5,000% greater in terms of search volume over the previous period. Wow. So influencer marketing is huge. And now I'm doing a lot of influencer marketing. We've just finished a campaign for Bing. We've just done some for some startups out of Europe and also in the US. So we do a lot of influencer marketing now because people want to reach your audience, and they, but they want to do it in an educated way that adds value to the audience. So influencer marketing is really blown up, and uh, there's a lot of platforms that have emerged to actually take advantage of that and actually help control the process of delivering that influencer marketing. There's a great one out of Melbourne, start by Jules Lund, which is uh, an ex-DJ. He's got a influencer marketing platform along with his partners and investors called Tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a pretty good example of an Australian startup that's uh, really kicking some goals in the influencer marketing space. So how does the average listener who's listening to this podcast episode start off being an influencer? Is that something someone who's just starting off can do? Or is this something that takes years to get to become an influencer? It takes time to earn. So people say, well, I've got 10 tweets or I've got 1,000 <laughs> followers, I'm an influencer. Now you've got to earn it. To be a thought leader in your industry, to be an influencer requires an investment of time, creating quality content and also building great uh, distribution because there's two parts to content marketing. One is great content. The other part is distribution because content marketing is two words, hmm. content 
marketing. Yep. So the reality is that you can't just create great content and expect the world to show up. You've actually got to make sure that content is hustled out to the world. And when you say the word distribution, are you talking about social media channels, email marketing, autoresponder sequences? Is that what you mean? All of the above and more. So the reality is that you've got to go multi-channel. You're also going to go multi-media because people have different ways of consuming media. Yes, yes. So some people would listen to a podcast, whereas I don't listen to many podcasts because Mm -hmm. I can read much faster. So I could read a transcript in, you know, two or three minutes and it would take me 30 minutes of listening. Okay. Okay. So for me, a podcast, and then the thing is too, I've actually got to sit down and stop the podcast and saying, oh, that's a phrase I really think is great. Yeah. Whereas I can copy and paste out of that to grab an idea out of a transcript and then I can paste it into a blog post that maybe want to use as part of the inspiration for that. Mm-hmm. But that's the way I consume media. Hmm. Whereas my son, he would rather watch a YouTube video. Hmm. So. The reality is that we've got to, and as you're going about to do when you finish this, you're going to turn this into a transcript, into a PDF, exactly. <laughs> into a blog post and turn it audio and turn it into a video. Yep. So there you go. You've actually maybe turned up five different types of media from yep. one yep. particular event, and that's mm-hmm. very clever. And Content repurposing. Absolutely. So, And if you can line up a team to do it, so off, you know, might send off the video, this recording, off to India, bang, it's a transcript. Number two, bang, it's a YouTube. You know, exactly. So, Okay, and then you could even turn it into a slide share if you wanted to do that as well. So it becomes a visual slide show. And you could do a Facebook Live and say, hey, I just interviewed Jeff Bullis. It was an awesome interview. These are the five things that took away from it. And bang, you've got a Facebook Live video. And by the way, Facebook is favoring live like crazy at the moment. It shows up on everyone's feed at the moment. They're trying to promote it. So to those who are listening, if you want to get some visibility and cut through, get on Facebook Live. But for goodness sakes, please don't put rubbish out there because there is so much rubbish. You'll hurt yourself and you'll just get annoying. Just make sure the content is good and interesting. That's right, exactly. Okay, let's talk about the action section. This is my favorite section of my podcast episode. So I'm going to try and do a quick sum up of the various things we've talked about and actions that a listener can take to really take their content creation, their content marketing, the social media to the next level. And then maybe you can fill in the blanks if I've missed anything or add any thoughts that you have. We talked about how content should educate, inform, entertain, and inspire. Those are the four pillars of creating content as you teach it. And one of the biggest mistakes that companies and maybe individuals make is see social media as a shiny new toy. And when you were in Chicago, you had the Chicago moment, you call it, where you realize that it's about conversion as much as it is about anything else. So creating content is one thing, as you just said, it's two words, content marketing. Content creation is the content part, but the marketing, the distribution part is the other part and measuring that distribution and the cut through of your content marketing is critical because if you don't have feedback as to what's working and what's not, what's resonating and what's not, then you have no idea whether your content is working or not. Now, I've got to put my hand up and say that I need to do that a lot more. So I'm going to try and do a lot more measuring of my content going forward. This is something that just about every successful marketer has said that I've interviewed on this show, Neil Patel, Hithen Shah, Eric Enger, Rand Fishkin, Joe Polizzi, 
all of them. So how do you measure ROI? The way in which you do it, Jeff, is you take your traffic, you look at your engagement, you look at your trust as the first three elements, but then you look at your conversion. And the way you measure conversion is the number of people turning into email subscribers and then the proportion of those email subscribers that turn into customers. And the ultimate two metrics, and this is my theory, but the ultimate two metrics are the cost per customer acquisition and the lifetime revenue per customer. If it's costing you 50 bucks to get a customer who pays you 100 bucks over the life of your business, assuming that it's not 5 million years, then you're in a good position. You're making $50 per customer. And if it's costing you 100 bucks to acquire a customer who pays you $50, well, guess what? You need to go back to the drawing board. That's right. Facebook is the biggest player at the moment. Twitter is starting to change its algorithms. So think twice before you invest in Twitter. Facebook Live is a good way to start getting yourself out there. It's important to build your email list. Understand that SEO is changing. It's not just about backlinks. It's about creating good quality content. So everything really we're talking about is coming back to creating really good quality content and then finding really good distribution channels for it and then measuring the distribution and the conversion of that content into customers. Long tail keywords, quite important, something that you said really appealed to me, the importance of understanding the long tail keywords people use towards the end of their buying journey. So I didn't even think about that until you said that. I was just thinking long tail keywords. But now that you mention it, yeah, if I'm looking to buy a washing machine, I've got to admit I'm being unoriginal here because I use the same example with Sonia Simone yesterday. I talked about washing machines. But if I'm looking to buy a washing machine, the long tail phrase I would be using is how to find a good washing machine. Or maybe it would be what's the difference between a top loader and a front loader in washing machines. So that would be a keyword that would be towards the end of the buying journey. So think in terms of your prospect and what they're likely to be typing into Google when they're trying to make a purchase and then build your content around that phrase. And the other last thing was you talked about becoming an influencer marketer. And that was something that is absolutely going off the charts at the moment in terms of a Google trend. And so that is something we need to pay attention to learn how to become an influencer and understand it's not something that happens overnight. How did I go? You did very, very well. So <laughs> You're very I, kind. I'd, give, I'd give you an A, <laughs> maybe an A plus. You're very kind, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah. If you're going to be a digital marketer, you're going to have to persist. So um, persistence is success on everything. You know, every, you know, the reality is that no one is an overnight success. And this very complicated place in which we play called digital and business, it's a lot of moving parts. So, How um, long are we talking? Uh, say someone who's just starting off right now, they're hearing these words. What, what, what does persist mean? Two years, five years, 10 years? Try life. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm a bit of a slow learner, so it takes me longer than a lot of people. You know, you'd most really do something in two years. It took me five. Uh, you know, but the mother is a repetition. You know, repetition is the mother of learning. So, hmm. you know, the reality is you're just going to have to strap yourself in and do the work. And some days are better than others, but that's why it's important to be enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. And one thing I would add to that is be consistent. So persist, but be consistent in what you put out. So if you're producing content weekly, then try and stick to that weekly. Sometimes you may trip up, but if your audience is expecting you to deliver something every week, then you need to honor that. Yep. Think like, think like a publisher. Yes. Beautifully put. I couldn't have put it better myself. Books. What are the biggest books that have had an impact on you? One of the biggest ones is a book by Stephen King called On Writing. I've read it. Yep. If anyone has an aspiration to improve their writing, be a writer, 
go and grab that book. It's 300 pages. It's his own, I think his only non-fiction book mm-hmm. written in 1997. The first 100 pages is his passion for writing and his journey from a school teacher or a passionate reader, then a school teacher on English, and then to being one of the world's top writers and authors. And then the last 200 is his toolkit for writing. It's just, it's full of so much wisdom and insight into the art of writing that um, I couldn't put it down. In fact, I've got it on my to reread list because I believe I need to go back and grab some more pearls of wisdom. Mm. Some books by Stephen Pressfield. I'd read any of Stephen Pressfield's books. The War of Art. The War of Art. Another one is a great book by... Still Like an Artist is another fantastic book. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, written by the guys behind Basecamp called Rework. Oh, yes. Um, that's a fantastic book. Another book that's read recently, which is distilled, just finished it last night at about 11.15. It's the book called Platform Revolution written by Chowdhury and, some, and a couple of other part co-writers. Mm-hmm. And it's called Platform Revolution. It distills the new business model on in this digital world, on the social web, beautifully into what he calls the platform. And mm. he calls it the platform stack, which is writes about top end is building community and marketplace at the top end. Mm-hmm. And then the middle piece is the technology and the final piece is the data. And right. all the exponentially growing companies and also the ones that are really innovating uh, using these models, and that's the likes of Uber and Airbnb. Right. So the platform revolution, if you want an insight into the new world of business and the new business models that are, have emerged over the last decade with the rise of you know, the mobile social web, mm-hmm. and because as we know, to hail a Uber requires <laughs> an app on a mobile phone. <laughs> so, you know, this is disrupting business as mm. we know it. Mm. And it's just started in reality in the scheme of things. So that's my last book I'd recommend out of many. Um, okay. No, I, I actually, I was telling a little fib there. The, another one that I'd recommend you read from a productivity point of view as a business person is The One Thing. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Okay. Which is about being productive and working on your one thing. So... Another good one is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown. Yes, San Francisco boy. I read that about 12 months ago, but uh, yeah, keeping it simple, just sticking to the essentials because we're surrounded by so much distraction and and noise and keeping it, doing the essential stuff is sometimes harder than it looks. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, Jeff, how do listeners find out about you? And is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? You can find me at Jeff Bullis with a J, jeffbullis.com. Mm-hmm. Um, just Google me and you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn. What's your preferred network of choice? Or you can drop into my site, jeffbullis.com. And if you want to contact me, just uh, there's a contact tab. Just drop me a line. Love to hear from you. It might take me a day or two to get back to you and it will be a short email, but um, drop us a line. So. Cool. And that's J-E-F-F-B-U-L-L-A-S dot com if you're trying to type it into your URL just to make sure you get it right. And of course, as always, I'll post links to all of these links that you've mentioned in the show notes. So you'll be able to just click on it. Just head over to the Productive Insights website, type in the words Jeff Bullis and the show notes will come up. Cool. So thanks for being on the show. It was an honor to have you and thanks for all your fantastic input. Thanks, Ash. It's been a pleasure and um, enjoy the rest of your day.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that two-part series on how to get the most out of your social media with Jeff Bullis. Definitely check out the show notes where you'll find a lot of useful related content. I'll also mention the related episodes and the links to those episodes in the show notes. To access the show notes, just go to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 110 and you will land on part two of this two-part series. To access part one of this two-part series, just go to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 109. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and also please leave us a review on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you and your business as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high-value repeat customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comments section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 